0: So I'll be ministering tonight. I was going back and forth whether to show a video or not, but I think it'd just be better if I ministered. Joel chapter 2. Joel is an Old Testament book. Joel chapter 2. And uh, I'm only going to minister for a few minutes, but I do want to minister something that I, I, you know, I've been thinking about anyway and going to preach, probably would have preached in the next couple of weeks. A preacher named Fred Craddock, was speaking at a Bible school, a seminary. And he asked the students, which before his lecture, uh, he, one of the students actually stood up and said, before you speak, I need to know if you're Pentecostal. And so the room grows silent. Craddock looked around for the dean of the cemetery, nowhere to be found. The students began to quiz him. And he said, do you mean, do I go to a Pentecostal church? He said, no, are you Pentecostal? He said, are you asking me if I'm charismatic? He said, no, I'm asking you, are you Pentecostal? He says, do you mean, do I speak in tongues? He said, no, I'm asking you if you're Pentecostal. Craddock said, I don't understand the question. And the student said, obviously, then you're not Pentecostal. And he left. When we're asked the issue of being Pentecostal, now the term Pentecostal simply is a term that means 50. It has to do with Penta, Pentagon is five-sided building, a pentagram is a five-sided star. The term means 50. But what it refers to is a Jewish holiday when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And the text we're going to read in Joel is the text that Peter quotes on that day, on the day of Pentecost. And so I want to talk to you about the working of the Holy Spirit, the need of the Holy Spirit, and all that God wants to do is worked through His Spirit and we can prepare for him. Joel chapter 2, beginning in verse 28, verse 29. After those things, uh, uh, then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. In those days, I will pour out my servant, even on my spirit, uh, servants, rather, men and women alike. And then the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2 verse 1 uh, says that when the day of Pentecost had come, verse 4 tells us that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues. Later on in that chapter, Peter, standing with the 11, raised his voice, uh, men in Judah and you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to my words. And he quotes This text out of Joel, that in the last days I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. So let's talk firstly about our need for the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. In every area of life, you need the Holy Spirit. Being Pentecostal is not just a doctrine. This is what this young man was trying to get at. Some people, it's just the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Well, you're a Baptist, you're a Catholic. I'm a Pentecostal, and it's simply just now a kind of a denomination uh, or a kind of a thought of this is a doctrinal set or teaching of the church set of beliefs that I inhe- that I adhere to, uh, and so I can say then I am Pentecostal. But what the what uh, Job, uh, Joel is telling us, what Peter realized is that the Holy Spirit is not just a doctrine. If to the whole if to you the Holy Spirit is just a doctrine, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three and one, one and three, the guy in the middle died for me. If that's all Christianity is, just doctrine, then you've missed the understanding of what God's Spirit wants to do. If He says, I'm going to pour out, uh, we've had some torrential rains around here recently, that's the wording that's behind this, a gushing forth, uh, a Pouring, a downpouring, a drenching, if you will, of God's Spirit. That's the terminology. The, uh, the almost a, you can tell that God's excited to do this. I want to pour it out. God moves through His Spirit. Zechariah four and verse six. It is not by might, or literally, not by your might or power or strength. But it is by my spirit, my Holy Spirit, says the Lord, God of hosts, the God of angel armies. This is what God is saying. He's speaking to a prophet. He says, you know what? If you're going to serve God successfully, it's not going to be in your strength. Christianity is not a self-help religion where you must pump yourself up. If that's what we have, or we're all lost. Because you know what? We're going to have good days and we're going to have bad days. And if it's all about pumping yourself up, there's going to be days when you're going to be laying in bed going, no, forget it. I'm staying here. (laughs) I ain't pumping myself up. I don't want to pump myself up. I don't want to. God says it's not by our strength. It's by his spirit. He chooses to work through His Spirit. John chapter 3, is uh, Jesus is speaking to a very religious man who's come to Him. He begins to talk a lot about the Spirit. How the Spirit, uh, you can't see the wind. You can only see the effects of the wind. Uh, you can see the trees rustling and sometimes even feel it in your car if it's uh, strong enough. But you can't see it. He says the spirit is like that. You can see the effects, but he also makes that statement that it is through the spirit that I will draw all people unto me. I'll bring them to me as a result of what I want to do in the earth. This is why the Bible encourages you to pray in the Holy Spirit to seek God in his holy spirit Jude 120 but beloved you building yourselves up in the most holy faith by praying in the holy spirit Romans 6:20 uh, Romans 8:26 likewise the spirit searches our hearts for our own weaknesses and then through His intercession, He makes prayers for us so that we can become strong, which things that we don't even understand. The Holy Spirit's desire is to work in our hearts and our lives. That being a Christian is not about pumping yourself up. It's not about your strength. It's about the strength of the Holy Spirit in your life. Revival comes through the Holy Spirit. That's what's promised in our text, the outpouring of His Spirit. That it, it's supernatural. This day, three thousand. when Peter preaches and quotes that, 3,000 souls will be saved. These are the same people, many of them were there for the crucifixion, many of them were there when Jesus overturned temple tables, Uh, many were there and heard some of his teaching, Uh, but it was on this day when the Spirit was poured out that things changed. Acts chapter 9, verse 31, And the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samer- and Samaria had peace and were edified or growing, walking in the fear of the Lord, comforted and, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit were multiplied. Something about setting a Holy Spirit atmosphere. This is why we pray before events. We can have all the talents, all the right equipment, all the right facility. We have a wonderful building. But without the Holy Spirit, we have nothing. We have just, we have what the world has. Even less, if you will. Setting the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit is what brings revival. It's right here that's interesting, because some people then are ashamed of the Holy Spirit. shh, shh. shh don't speak in tongues. It's funny to watch some people when they bring a visitor it's like they, they get a little Baptist. the hands don't go up they don't want to speak in tongues. They're hoping a certain person won't open in prayer because you know they might spit or something. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit goes way beyond any tools we have. They had no amplification. 3,000 people got saved. They had no flyers, they had no tracks, they had no ability to uh, do anything but preach, pray and see God move. And this is exactly what happened. This is why contending for the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit is more than a one-time off thing. Well, I got filled with the Holy Spirit back in 1997. Good for you. Good on you. As the as Pastor Nigel Brown would say, good on you. But it should be an ongoing thing. Andrew Murray was a missionary to Africa. For many years, and he made this comment. He said, "Not may not a single moment of my life be spent outside the light, love, and joy of God's presence. Not a moment of, without entire surrender of myself as a vessel for Him to fill with His Holy Spirit and His love. We're leaky vessels. That's our problem. We're emotional vessels." This is why we can have heights and then crashes and then heights again. That's the way we are. I I've had days. Literally, I I've shared with you the day the building sale of uh, Lindenfelt through heights to despair to heights. In one, in hours, it was an emotional roller coaster. There are times like that in life, definitely. But we have to refill with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20, do not be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself, making melody, uh, making music to the Lord in your heart and giving thanks for everything that to the God uh, to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in the understanding that that uh, uh, Paul is writing here, he's saying you want to fill yourself with God, it's connected greatly with your words, it's connected greatly with your heart attitude. Just before this in Ephesians chapter 4, he said don't grieve the Holy Spirit, by bitterness and anger and clamor and heavy words. You can grieve God's spirit in your life. It was D.L. Moody who held up a glass. And he asked, how do you get the air out of this glass? He said, a glass. And some people said, well, you could suck it out. But he said, if you create too, D.L. Moody said, if you create too much of a vacuum in the glass, the glass will implode. How do you get the air out of the glass? They thought about it for a while, thought about it for a while. No one could come up with the answer. After numerous suggestions, Moody smiled and picked up a pitcher of water and filled the glass. And he said, there, the air is now out of the glass. He explained a victory, a victorious Christian life is not accomplished by sucking the sin in the world out of us, but being filled with the Holy Spirit. It gives us power to live right. You need the Holy Spirit because, you know what? There's a real devil. And there's a real flesh inside of you. I know we crucified the old man. I know we did the baptismal thing and we made the ceremonial thing. We're burying this old bag of bones, and we're coming up in the newness of life. But scratch a Christian and find a heathen. It's right under the surface sometimes. And we need the Holy Spirit. We need His power. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 said, You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come to you. That word "power" is where we get the word for dynamite. It's where we get the word for dynamic. Atmosphere and explosive. There's dimensions marked in people's lives. And it, And on the other side of this and I'll just put this out there it's also obvious when it's not there, because flesh rules, carnality rules. Fear rules. John 14, Jesus described the Holy Spirit as the helper. He said, I'll send him to you in my father's name and he'll help you. He'll call things to remembrance. Scriptures, understanding. My wife and I had a mutual friend that we did not know was a mutual friend. When we got saved. And we ended up linking up with him for a little while, him and his girlfriend. And we went over to his house one day. And my wife and I had actually fasted for him. We were going to witness to him. He knew we were going to witness to him and his girlfriend. I think he was hoping his girlfriend would get saved. He would have got saved. But that's always a bad, don't, don't do that. It's bad, bad decisions. And as we're there, we're, talking to him and such. And I remember quoting scriptures I didn't even know I knew. I was just, you know, saved a a little over two years and I was, you know, didn't know all the theology. And yet in a moment, I'm like quoting, I'm like saying this and my wife's looking at me like, and she's not my wife at the time, but she's looking at me like, wow, you know, that script? Wow. I didn't even know you knew that. Like, I didn't know I knew that. The Holy Spirit bring it back in memory. He teaches, He helps. Joel tells us, I'll pour out my Spirit. God's desire is to give us His Spirit. I've been so encouraged in the last seven services or so. We've had four prophecies by different individuals. That's a, that's a mark of, the whole, of what God is doing. The gifts of the Holy Spirit need to be contended for. We need the gifts. They're legitimate words of knowledge. And you know what? They can function in a church. It can get weird. I understand that. The book of Corinthians uh, deals with quite a bit of that. The weirdness that had happened, that people would stand up to prophesy and interrupt the preacher and all of that. And there were all these kinds of things. But 1 Corinthians 14 1 says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. It says that you should have in your heart, God, use me. If you've ever gotten a word and it's encouraged you. Have you ever gotten a word that's encouraged you? So let me ask you the question then. Could you be the vessel to give a word of encouragement that's contending for the Holy Spirit? There are different kinds of words of wisdom, words of knowledge, word gifts of healing. There are offices of pastors and prophets and evangelists and teachers. There are all sorts of different things. There's miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. These are all important to have in the church of Jesus Christ. And they're not just for the evangelist or the preacher who comes. I've gone, I've given words. I've I've given words where the pastor has asked me, how much did you know ahead of time? And I'm like, nothing. Twice. I, I gave two men words. They had almost gone out to pioneer a church. Uh, I gave them a word that, you know what? Uh, they, God's delayed you for a reason, and there's a good reason why He's delayed you. And one of those men I just saw at the conference, he's actually a Ukrainian man who married a Moldovan woman who got saved in Romania. They were both going to school. They married there. He was about to be launched back into Romania uh, back into Ukraine, rather. And there was a delay and it ended up that he took over a church. He was there. He then went to Moldova. They, had, they left. They're actually back in Tempe now waiting for the war to be over. And as soon as the war is over, they're going back to Ukraine. God had plans. God had a purpose. Timing. Are you asking God, are you contending for the Holy Spirit? God, I need your Spirit. As a church, we need His Spirit. As a fellowship, we need His Spirit. Acts chapter 16, verse 20, and the apostles went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked with them, proving the Word by showing signs. What signs? The signs that were spoken of before that. And I know there's people who will say that Acts six, Mark 16, the latter half, that was added. That wasn't in all the manuscripts. Yeah, mostly the Vatican manuscripts. You know, because the Vatican doesn't want us to go everywhere and preach the gospel. They wanted to conquer the world by sword and spear, thus the Crusades. They'll speak in, they'll speak in tongues, they'll cast out demons, they'll be supernatural protection, they'll pray for the sick, and they'll be healed. Deliverance, healing, words. Let's talk about fresh wind, fresh fire. The two marks of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 were the sound of a mighty rushing wind and cloven tongues of fire upon each one of them. Wind moves things, can be refreshing. You ever felt a nice breeze? I was cutting my lawn today and the breeze kicked up and I was like, oh, that feels good. It can be so refreshing. You know it's there. Don't raise your hand. But have you ever been home alone and your house talks to you because the wind is blowing? All right, all right. And your mind starts racing or other things, right? Wind is powerful. Fire is powerful. Two major sources of energy that they're trying to harness. We either have to burn some kind of fuel to turn, boil water to turn a turbine, or they're trying to harvest wind power. And outside of that, and you could say, well, there's solar power, but isn't that just a big fireball in the sky? Those are really the only two sources of power. We need that source of power in our lives. You need power. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 1-5, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but in power, and in the Holy Spirit with much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were for your sake. You know, churches without conviction are sad. I know churches where people live together, church never says anything. Never confronts sin. Never preaches on sin. Oh, don't preach on sin. But it's not just preaching on sin. It's contending for the power of God. Oh, we can't offend anybody. We gotta make everybody, let's be a seeker sensitive church. We need revival. We need the Holy Spirit. My preaching and my speech, Paul writes in Second Corinthians, were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of power and of the Spirit. That your faith should not be in the power in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God wants to pour his spirit upon you. He wants you to experience far beyond just salvation. It's more than salvation. You can be saved. The thief in the cross, he never was baptized. He never uh, got filled with the Holy Spirit. He never witnessed anybody. He did go to heaven. But God has much more for you if you're not going to die in the next three hours. He's got so much more for you. Romans 15, 18 and 19, For we dare not speak those things which Christ has not accomplished through me, in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient, in signs and wonders and by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and all round about to Ilkrium uh, Il- 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 I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. It says in signs and wonders, God's looking to pour out His Spirit. That's why you pray. First, you have to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 11, Jesus simply said, if you want the Holy Spirit, ask. Two prerequisites to be saved and to ask. Sometimes you need to ask a lot. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I got saved with numbers of other people and they were they were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. We were having revivals and uh, Pastor Paul Campbell came. Pastor Stevens was my pastor at the time and Pastor Paul Campbell was praying for everybody. They're all getting filled with the Holy Spirit except for me. I was just so vexing. And I would hit the altar every service for two weeks. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And finally I was in my car alone and God filled me with my with His Holy Spirit. Craig McLaughlin had gotten out of the car and run into a convenience store to buy some milk. He got back in the car. He looked at me. He said, "What happened to you?" I don't know what he saw. I didn't know. I don't. I, to this day, I don't know. But we need a fresh wind. Fresh stirring of the fire. Paul tells Timothy, stir up the gift. Literally, that's the picture of stirring the coals. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, God wants to fill you. He wants to fill you. You need the Holy Spirit. Our church needs, like I said, we can have all the proper production and all the proper flyers and all the perfect equipment and the sound just right and all that. And i that's all worthy. But without the Holy Spirit, all we have is a secular program. So we have to contend for this. And then we have to have faith that God is going to pour out His Spirit. And our text tells us that's what he wants to do. He wants to pour out his spirit. He wants to visit his people. That's the promise. In context, it's in the last days. And in context, we are in the last days of the last days. I mean we're we're after the 2 minute warning in football. We're at, you know we're down to the final minutes in the fourth quarter in basketball. We're you know we're at penalty shootouts in soccer. However you want to put this, we're not this is the end of the end. We need the holy spirit. I w- we do everything that we can. We give atmospheres And opportunities for God to move. And whether that's has to do with, you know, a music scene or a bouncy house. Whatever it takes to draw the crowd so that we can't. But beyond that, it's not just about a good event. It's the Holy Spirit. We need it in our church. We need it in our nation. Ah, we need to get Biden out or Trump in. We need to keep Biden in and Trump out. What? No, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to visit us now. We need God to help us now. And our text makes the promise, I will. I will. So then the question I ask, are you the vessel God can pour in His Spirit? Are you making yourself the vessel that God can pour in His Holy Spirit and use your life powerfully? Let's bar our heads for just a moment. Pastor Stevens will be here tomorrow night. I was torn whether to preach this or show a video. And actually, just before we came to church, God really spoke to me. Preach this. The Holy Spirit. That's what we need. Holy Spirit ends all sorts of problems. The Holy Spirit can end habits, attitudes in your life. Contending for His Spirit. I love the opening illustration. Are you Pentecostal? Not just do you believe. Do you speak in tongues? Do you go to a church that has Pentecostal doctrine? Are you Pentecostal? Is the Holy Spirit real and active in your life? With tangible results. If you're here and you're not a Christian, then probably not. The Holy Spirit may be knocking on the door of your heart right now. He may be, may, you know, some have described conviction as the heart races and the palms sweat. And they, you know, uh, the mind just goes like, oh, thinking about all, trying to process all that's happening. As the Holy Spirit deals, I remember as a sinner coming into a church like this and hearing Pastor Paul Stevens preach and not understanding much of anything, but knowing God was dealing with my heart. And God reached down and touched me. And that's what he wants to do for you. You might not understand all that I said. You might not understand all that's happening. But you know God is knocking on your heart. He's drawing you by His Spirit to Himself. And you're here and you're not right with God. You need Jesus Christ. I wonder if you'd very quickly slip up your hand. Would you pray for me tonight? I need to get my heart right with God. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you... Go to a Pentecostal church. Maybe you were filled with the Holy Spirit at one time or another in your life. But you're not really living for God. The evidence of the fruit of the Spirit is not there. It's just a social club. You could do this with or without the Holy Spirit. That's the sad part of many churches and believers today is they could go through all the motions. And if God was there or not, they wouldn't even care. Because to them, it's just a social. To them, it's just an experience. What God wants to visit your life. And it's been a while and you'd say, you know what? This fire's gone out. The coals are gone. The wind is not blowing. I need to get my heart right. Pray for me. Slip up your hand very quickly. Then changing the call to church as Christians, we need the Holy Spirit. You need to be, if you're working with someone, you need to be encouraging them and praying with them to receive the Holy Spirit. You don't have to wait for the preacher to preach on it in the altar call and the evangelist or what you can. I got filled in my car. You can be filled in other places. You can, if this is something that you need, you need to be contending for it, fasting for it, asking God, you need the Holy Spirit in your life. Like I said, the gifts, some of you are moving in the gifts. That is so tremendous. That is so encouraging. Because that's a mark of Pentecostal churches. There'll always be people that will get cynical or, you know, as, as, as the gifts develop and people are nervous and they're not confident in it and they're not sure, they'll stumble and bubble and, bumble and, 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 and hack their way through. That's all part of life. I get that. And you were good at everything you did the first time you did it too a sensitivity to God, but it's there. And that's encouraging. And some of you, God wants to use you in other ways. Words of encouragement. Words that bring clarity to situations. God wants to use you. Wants to help your life. We need the Holy Spirit. Let's all stand. We're going to open up these altars. Hosanna in the highest. Worship his name. Let's allow people time to pray. We're going to pray for people tonight. Receive the Holy Spirit. gonna be there's gonna be a great awakening